Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pitched two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week in the red corner, loads of assassins descend on one location, a casino from hell, and they're all after the same thing, to kill Jeremy Piven's messed up magician from 2006. Who will take home the prize? Who will survive in the mission of smoking aces? While in the blue corner, loads of assassins descend on one location, a train from hell, and they're all after the same thing. Well, most of them are. A briefcase from hell from 2022. Who will take home the prize and who will survive their trip on the bullet train? Hi, Jack. Great. Good. Super. Come on in. Good to see you. Hello, referee. Come on in. Good, good. Great. Come on. What's the nerd? Great. Come on in. Sorry about that. Hey, Hollis. Rip Hello, Hollis. Come on in. Let's get to the business at hand. This wanted felon here, buddy Israel, little Rick Springfield, I guess. His posse, you know, they're all strapped. Or packing heat, whatever the phrase is. I don't know what you guys call it. Strapped down. Yeah. Hey, man. That's not yours. Put the rabbit down. Buddy Israel. Hi. There's a gun on It's the quiet car. Got to use your small inside voice in here, son. There's a gun. Talk to me. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. So it's an Assassin's Assemble clash this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Butters. We're just meat for the male consumption. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. <laughs> and Chris is still away in Austin, Texas, attending Fantastic Fest. And in the image, in my mind, he started with margaritas and Mexican food at Guero's before heading to the Texas Chili Parlour. <laughs> It was a line from Death Proof. I think I knew that. Yeah, I think you did too. Yeah. yeah I think you did too. <laughs> uh, right then, welcome to part one of Smoking Aces versus Bullet Train. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. We'll be doing Smoking Aces today and Bullet Train on Thursday, at which point we will declare which is the better film. So the clue uh, Vicky gave on last week's show was... One Hit Wonder. One and hit you wonder. followed that up on Twitter with... Oh, You're welcome. I've got you. I've You've got you. have never said that before. I know. In, in 400 <laughs> episodes of this show, you've never said that before. You are held and free. Held feel, and free. I feel like I'm in a warm papoose. And <laughs> I like that. Uh, you are my cake sailor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right then, uh, the clue I followed it up with twi- on Twitter is uh, Assassin's Speed. <laughs> great, yeah. great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we cannot announce who our winner is because we are recording a week in advance because I, too, am joining Chris Tilly in Austin, Texas. And so at the current moment, as you're listening to this, I'm in the Texas One of Chili you is alive. One of you is. <laughs> we are having a fist fight in the, on the streets of Austin. Yes, uh, maybe. Or we're having the long-awaited race. <laughs> oh, maybe. no. You'll have to send it, mate. We'll film it. Okay, we'll film thank it. you. POV. Yeah. P- I mean, unfortunately, you won't see Chris because the POV of me will be just blank air in front of me because <laughs> Chris will be so far behind. <laughs> so far behind. Uh, so your guesses, like I said, will be announced on Twitter next week or just on Twitter who knows Chris will be back and all the rules will be back in place yeah, yeah. everything so, everything will be different really everything will be the show that you remember and love <laughs> yeah. next week not whatever this is because uh, the uh, Clash Finder General will have returned <laughs> uh, right then uh, connection section okay Assassins Ryan Reynolds 
Uh, oh, good. Thank you. Ugh, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, names of characters appearing on screen as character appears on screen. Smash cut, freeze frame. Quentin Tarantino called. He wants this whole thing back. <laughs> Guy Ritchie called. Jesus. Uh, bad accents. And I wouldn't normally do that because it's petty and I'm not an actor and I don't know how hard it is to do, but it's bad. Bad, 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 bad. Do you want to call them out now or do you want to save them? Andy Garcia. I don't know what that is. I can't tell what that is. That's just Andy Garcia's voice, I think. Is it? Is he not <laughs> from New York? I uh, don't know. Is it, and, uh, I thought he was just doing Andy Garcia. If anything, I was like, do a voice, Andy. <laughs> no, I honestly, there are points when I can't tell what he's saying, but that's fine. And then Lemon's voice, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, I... I like that man, and he's got an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. So what? What has happened? Why have you done that? I literally—he's not English, though, is he? Or no, is he? that's the voice. What? Because they're brothers. Yeah. Is he trying to do an English accent? What do you think he's trying to do? I thought he was doing an American accent. Are you joking? <sighs> he's like, oh, I, but whatever. Like it's. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he is doing an English accent, or he's trying to. He's do an very much accent. trying to, and no one has stopped him. I'm not going to lie, I watched these movies back to back and uh, there's a bit of a, uh, no pun intended, but uh, Bullet Train was a bit of a blur. Sure. Um, You've seen it before though, haven't you? I have. Yeah. I have. But we'll talk about Bullet Train on Thursday. Sure. Uh, right. Let's get into today. Back to the programme. <laughs> on Thursday, I'll be boarding the Bullet Train, which means today, V, you shot me, you murdered my friends and you dumped us in a lake. So take us on a journey. <laughs> Exposition is a bitch. Ideally, you'd clear off any necessary info with and or via characterization or bedding down the plot. Or what you could do is start your movie with a fucking title card which tells you what the mafia is and what the FBI does, like you don't know. And then we're into four and a half hours of people just telling you stuff. So here's Andy Garcia as Deputy Director Accent, giving you the rundown on mobster Sparazza, Ben Affleck banging on about Sparazza's beef with Buddy Israel, even though he is playing pool as he does it. So well done, script. As if that wasn't egregious enough, I think the director of this movie wants me to think a magician is cool. A fucking magician with cards. And because Jeremy Piven can cry, I'm supposed to what? Not notice that this film, which is ostensibly about competing assassins storming the penthouse of a hotel to get to their target, is so tonally confused that one minute you can have Chris Pine doing some redneck steampunk kamikaze thing, which I think is meant to be comedic, but then I don't know what film Ryan Reynolds is in because his scenes are all swelling strings and hard break over his boss and get me a medic like he's in a drama and Georgia whose job it is to be sexy and a bit lesbian but not full lesbian because York gets rescued by a man and that's a romance and then then after the twist which involves the improbable hook of expecting us to believe a 200-year-old man could even survive a heart transplant, committed FBI agent Ryan Reynolds is left alone by Deputy Director Axon, unguarded with the US's most valuable security asset ever, and then he commits double murder, and absolutely everything everyone has been through was for nothing. The end. Nihilism a go-go. <laughs> Working title. Uh, I've only just realised that it's called Smoking Aces because Buddy Israel's full name is Buddy Aces Israel. Don't say that at the start of an episode where people are entrusting your opinion. I've just realised. Of course it's called Smoking Aces because you're Buddy Aces Israel. I did know that. Anyway, I've not seen this film before. I'd heard of it Mm. at the very least, uh, but it wasn't... I mean, I don't mind stuff like this. I I went into this thinking I'm going to have a good time. Okay, well, um, agreed. I was very, very excited when I watched the trailer for this. Not yeah. only, I'd, I, I hadn't seen uh, Joe Carnahan's Narc, uh, but I'd heard very good things about it. But uh, the premise, I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. What a great premise. I uh, love the trailer. Like I said, it looked fun, fun, fun. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. I was like, this trailer looks fun. Yeah. That was what I walked away from going, this is going to be a fun movie. So I watched the movie. Wasn't what I was expecting. I watched it again uh, just about six months ago uh, for fun. Okay. Uh, so this, let's just cut to this. This is my third watch. I'm saying no more at the moment. This was my third watch. Great. Mm. Well, it's interesting you uh, raised the spectre of Narc because let me talk you through this film. Joe Carnahan does Narc. I like Narc a lot. Mm. It, I haven't seen it for years. One of those films, never heard of it at the time. Someone pops it on. I was like, I fucking love it. I love it. I love Ray Liotta. I love him. And I was, I know that people are a bit like, oh, it's a bit sort of, you know, it's not as clever as it thinks it is and all the rest of it. But I really like it. Mm. So after Narc, 
Joel Carnahan is then very much into Mission Impossible 3, which he eventually leaves, even though he's friends with Tom Cruise, because I didn't know this, it's Tom Cruise that backed NARC and then made it go as big as it did. Um, so anyway, after all, after that Mission Impossible 3 experience, quote from Joe Carnahan, Smoking Aces gave me a full range of motion. It's the idea of trying to throw everything at one movie that you can. <laughs> Every creative impulse I ever had, I tried to stitch into this one collage. My quote, that's where you've gone wrong there, I think. Uh, in fairness, if he'd not been on MI3, maybe this wouldn't have happened in the way it did. Because if you're in a quite a restrictive process, like I imagine that is... You don't want to just chuck everything you can at something else. Um, anyway, he'd had sure. the idea for a long time, so it's not like he's, you know, it was his first thing he thought of after that. But And also, I mean, also, there's the, the, the I guess the aspect is, you've done NARC, NARC has got you the MI3 gig. Yeah. So you've both ascended to a, a, a place where you're like, oh my God, I have been put in a position, I'm good enough to buy, be directing Mission Impossible 3. Yes. Then it's restrictive. So then you're entering your next project, not only with the idea of going, I want freedom back, I want to do what I want, I want my vision, but also you've got the confidence of someone who's being elevated to MI3 where you're not going to doubt yourself as perhaps you might have done more had you not been on MI3. Do yes, you see what I mean? I do see what you mean. So you're not... So rather than sort of go, God, is that tone going to work with that tone? You're like, yeah. that tone will work with that tone. <laughs> Just like MI3 for this. Yeah, not a problem. I mean, you'd had the idea of the, you know, from Frank Sinatra and obviously Frank Sinatra's supposed involvement. Suppose? Dunno, he's dead a long time. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, uh, I'm just going to say Frank Sinatra and the mob and see what you make of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Not a problem. Frank has but, still got people out there. Uh, I'm sure he does. But apparently after NARC, uh, straight away after NARC, he gives that he'd, he'd done 30 pages. Now, sorry, I should also say I've read the script of this. So he gives... Why? I wanted to. For this... For the podcast, yeah. Wow. Yeah, not all of it, in fairness, <laughs> but most of it. And... No, sorry, but no, clever, really clever, a lot of detail. All this voiceover, exposition, that's in the script. That goes to working title and they go, yeah, no problem, here's some money. And it makes me doubt everything. What are we doing? What do we know? We know nothing. Exactly. I'm so annoyed by that. He's had a hit. Yeah. and I, I, I mean, you know, I, 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 this isn't a hard and fast rule, but I certainly think, you know, if you've had a good movie... You know, because no one really knows anything they about don't. anything. I know, I know. So it's based on what you've your previous CV, which is why it's so hard for first time writers. Because you know, you you can send in the best script and they're like, yeah, but we've we, done anything. We yeah. we like it, but we might be wrong. Yes. So it, we need evidence from someone else. Yeah. And so getting on the ladder in the once you're on the ladder, I'm not saying it becomes easier, but things become more likely. It's very smart, but if you were working inside, you'd be like, this is awesome. I love the ideal of the world, or da 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 clearly we're not going to film that like you've got to do the writing you've got to write the scenes anyway so uh there are famously for me <laughs> a lot of famous people in this movie which i wasn't i knew i'd heard talk of it but i just wasn't quite prepared you wouldn't get this cast now no i mean like even though you know i'm sure joe carnahan was like ray no do you want to come back? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But there is, like, Ryan Reynolds is not going to be doing this movie now. No. So, obviously, you get really otter first, and that's kind of leverage for a lot of other people. So, Jeremy Piven, right, this is a quote. Thank God Joe came to me and he said, do you want to go deep? And that is literally the question that every actor waits his entire life for. <laughs> my mother, who was my acting teacher from the time I was a kid, likes to quote Shakespeare, the readiness is all. If you do what you love to do and you work hard at it, it's not a question of will I get my shot, it's when and will I be ready. <laughs> You, you've got to love him like so much that Joe Carnahan and Jeremy Piven are buddies. Do you have to love Oh, no, I don't. Right. No, I don't. He's a blocker for me in this film. Mm. But I think a lot of it was like, he can cry. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I'll come back to it. I just, I, he's so horrible at the start. You know, yes, like when he he's, is, yeah. I, I think it's just, it, it's a little thing. Flicking the playing cards at the sleeping sex workers. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh, he's a bad one. Yeah. That feels like a bad so I thing. I need to read you some script because I was like, okay, I find a magician quite a comic character already. And it's because of, is it, you know, look at my hands, look at my hands, like whatever. Is the, that little bit? Little or whatever. Thing, yeah. 
it's quite naturally there's a trope that I think British comedians British audiences are familiar with which is magician as sad sack kind of thing I know that doesn't quite work in Vegas where they're like sell out shows it's a big deal but I think because it's the pivster also mm-hmm. am I supposed to think right writer are you telling me he's cool or is he actually tragic so let's read the script to find out so it's all there in the obviously it's there in the dialogue and we'll get to that but some of the uh, shots some of the action description of what Buddy is doing. Cards dance. Israel's hands move at light speed. Oh, that's a cool thing. I'm supposed to think you're cool. The scene where he's walking across the pile of sex workers at the, the morning after the night before kind of thing. So Israel walks past someone, catches her wig. Israel, Israel looks down, my brackets on a sex worker, quote now, zooming in on her scalp, sees dandruff and scars, gags disgust and disdain. He shuffles, begins dropping aces on their bodies like dead enemy soldiers. Fuck you! No motherfucking way. You d- right? The disdain at her head. Fuck off for a start. But also, that's not in the movie. In fairness, what that he gags at the yeah. scalp? No, it's not. I know, but dropping cards on people like dead enemy soldiers. I'm sorry, I just don't think a card tr- a card thing is cool, and I never will. And you expect me to swallow that, and I can't. I don't think it's cool. I think it's effective. I don't. I, I think if if the note there from Carnahan is like he's he's kind of cool. Um. Oh, did he, do you know what? I was young when I first saw this, and maybe I did think it was kind of cool. I was like, yeah, he's just flicking cards like a badass. Like he's not interested in these women anymore. Like he said it's fun or whatever. Yeah. Like like a kid would think. Yeah. Two thousand six, not a kid. Uh, <laughs> but I certainly this time I thought the note was, oh, he's a dick because that's really disrespectful. Yeah, I I thought he and, was and, a and dick, I, but, but I think it works as that. Uh, but if the beat is. He's a cool guy. Yes. I don't think it works. I think I, I don't mind it. I think Pipster's got it for him being tragic and whatever. There's a few dialogue scenes. When he comes up against Sir Ivy, when the common later, it's like, oh, no, you, you think you're... Because he's like, look at my hands, my hands. You see what I want you to see? Mm. All of that. It's like, you're the doofus in this scene, not Sir Ivy. He's cool. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. So I checked the script and I'm, I'm feeling the wrong thing. So the script is telling us, just to break it down to the... Pure basics. The script is telling us he's a fucking cool guy. He's 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 on a, he's having a, a tricky time. Mm. He's tragic now. He's doing a ton of coke. He's not what he was, mm. but ultimately, at his core, he's cool. Are you sure? Yeah. Because the whole the whole montage of him getting into crime that I think it's Ben Affleck, Jack Dupree is voicing over. It's suggesting he's sort of he's he's playing at being a gangster, but he's not really a gangster, which isn't a cool beat for a character. Yeah. It's a celebrity thing. It's a famous person who thinks they can be a gangster but can't be. A gangster. I'll come back to it. I've got more examples of right. where it's just not quite the thing for me. Uh, so another quote from Joe Carnahan about the style of it. He wanted to shoot each character in the way he says that befits them. So the Tremor brothers, in his head, their backstory, that all they've seen is The Matrix uh, 50 times and Sergio Leone movies, and so he shot them like that. Then he's got Ryan Reynolds. It's very still. So the problem is, the problem is the thing of which it is. So Joe Carnahan is saying every character has a moment in the movie where they show a side to them that's human. That's one of the problems because we kind of need goodies and baddies and I'm trying to feel conflicting things and I'll get there. Uh, Nobody is this sarcastic, apathetic asshole who kills just for the sake of killing. Is Chris Pine not that person? Like None of this makes any sense to me. Whatever. The thing is... It cost. It only cost seventeen million, which isn't a lot, and it wasn't really even a lot back then. Yeah, it um, looks. It looks good. It does look good. It looks good. Definitely. It looks great. It doesn't look great. The action, I think, is a little disappointing at parts. Some of it's good, but we'll come into it when we go through the film. It wasn't a disaster. It made fifty-seven million no, worldwide. It got a sequel. It got a sequel, but director video. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. I had no idea. Assassin's Ball. Mm. Great name. <laughs> Better reviewed than this. Was it? Mm. Okay. That's all I have. Yep. Great. Shall sure. we do it? <laughs> yes. All right. So what I will say is I've said I've read the script. The voiceover is all in the script. I can't believe that. It's exhausting to read it. It's more boring to watch it. I can't believe working title. We're like, that's cool by us. Um, and I will also just to reinforce that even though uh, Joe Carnahan thinks Buddy Israel is cool, I don't. But one of the stylistic tricks of this film, which is the prelapse, the match cuts, and in basic terms, a dialogue or action at the end of one scene corresponding to the start of another. I love it. 
Mm. It's not even in the script so much. Like he, he he does he directs that brilliantly from what's on the page. So you wouldn't read that and think, oh, he's doing a cool thing. Mm. But it's a good example of like a trick that doesn't wreck it. Like I did, I love that sort of thing. You mentioned it at the start, and a lot of the reviews mentioned it. Quentin Tarantino kind of dialogue, but without the wit and flair. It's there in that opening sequence in the stakeout van with Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta, where they're just talking, talking about, about just shooting the shit. Yeah. Rather than moving the plot on, yeah. they're just chatting. Yeah. You know, it's the car at the start of Pulp Fiction. It's, uh, it's Vincent Jules having that chat. But it's... It's missing something, isn't it? It's Yeah, it's not sparky enough. It's not like, you know, you, I think there's no story being told. I think that's the thing. I think quite often that dialogue that is unrelated to the movie in Quentin Tarantino's movie, yeah. they're like a prayer stuff uh, or like a virgin um, from uh, Reservoir Dogs, you know, yeah. where he's explaining that and, you know, the, you know, uh, Royale with cheese. They're stories. They're yes. anecdotes that a character is sharing. Yeah. This is just people bantering. This yes. is like overhearing a conversation in a pub where one of the orators is not very good. Yeah, and also Quentin Tarantino is just, it, it's poetic with the callbacks within the same thing. And mm. having Ryan Reynolds go, oh, you can't wear deodorant. It's like, that's cute. It's fine, but it's not the thing. And added to that... Pulp Fiction is driven along by these big stories and whatever, but then just these moments where you can settle. Whereas when you're watching Ray Liotta and Ryan Reynolds in the van, all of a sudden you're like, God, fucking I'll pay attention. There's a lot of names. Mm. There's a lot of, he wants this and he wants this. And it's like, you just get lost straight away. Like, there's just so many different names. So, we'll get into it. Right. I think Ben Affleck is terrible. <laughs> so I hate, just hate the whole thing. But the gist of it is, right, Buddy Israel, as you said, magician, now a mobster. You think Ben Affleck's terrible? I absolutely think he's terrible. When he gets killed, I'm so pleased. Sorry, i just say it right now. The, one of the best things is Chris Pine using his stupid head as a dummy. I think that's awesome. I just don't, I don't, I think some lads have turned up for a day's work and be like, we're so cool, we're so cool, film me, bye. No. Yeah. No, and, no. and film director Peter Berg. I know, get rid of him. <laughs> Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete. So anyway, lounge act. I see your movie, Joe Carnahan. I'm going to, I got that beat. Here's Battleship. (laughs) Yeah. So, Buddy is going to turn against Primo Sparazza, this mob person. Uh, The mob know that Sparazza wants Buddy's heart. Very good misdirection. I like this because I buy this. Like, why would you want someone's heart? Oh, he's just old school Sicilian. Like, makes sense. Like, I will buy that for now. Can I ask a really basic question? Yeah. Which shows you how confusing this movie is. Yeah. Because obviously, I get everything. Um, <laughs> so the other mobsters... Yes. Are they double-crossing Sparazza or is it misdirection to manage to get into the penthouse and get the heart? Why are they hiring assassins? Are they genuinely yes. double-crossing Sparazza yes, or not? they are. Now, so Sparazza has organised the Swede to get the heart. He doesn't need his men to do that. But I think I hear them say, this is our chance. Right. Something. So they cause, so they want to get the heart. Or no, Sparazza wants the heart. Yeah, but then they say, if we get the heart first, we can then ransom it back to Sparazza. I think so. <sighs> I actually don't know. This movie, honestly, like I said, when I watched the trailer, great. I got it. It's the simplest premise. It's yeah. loads of assassins after yeah. the same thing. And then you watch it, you go... What? This is more difficult than I thought it would be. And it is a little bit annoying for me. It makes me feel stupid. Um, voiceover is commonly used when you've like, we tried to do it in story, we tried to do it in scene and we can't, so like lob a voiceover at it. If a voiceover, a phone call is a voiceover, if it makes it more confusing, bloody hell. <laughs> it's meant to make it easy. Anyway, so Ray Liotta, miss him, very nice to see him. And then it's just me going, oh, look, it's so-and-so, and oh, look, and oh, look. So it's Ryan Reynolds, brilliant, Andy Garcia, Alicia Keys. Now then, Alicia Keys and Taraji P. Henson as Georgia and Shanice. Now, I just would like to get your thoughts. Go for it. Is it a big swing? For Joe Carnahan, who I believe is straight, and I know he's white, and I know he's a man, is it a big swing for him to write a gay woman of colour who's a misogynist? I'm asking. You're asking me? I'm asking you! Uh, Why have you given Shanice the misogyny? Why is that all right? I'm I'm, I'm not being arch. I'm like, wow, is that super brave? Is it a big swing? What are you doing? I didn't think about it at all. Cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, sorry, it didn't cross my mind. Okay. Um, I was. Uh, it crossed my mind. <laughs> so, what were you, so your your concern or your your? It's question- not concern. It's like when you read the script, 
it's written the dialogue. He, well, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. He describes the two women as ebony princesses. Right. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but that's just maybe modernised. Just being about that. You wouldn't write that. You wouldn't. You would pull your skin off before you did that. Like it's just like oh, I right. can't do it. But we live in now times. But it's more you've got misogyny through this film as represented by your gay character. And is that to make you want you want to say those things about sex workers, but you can't give it to a man to do, so you give it to a woman to do? Does that make it okay? Oh, I see. Why have you done that? Like when she's like the whole train is here. Now it's kind of works. Giving it a pass because uh, Georgia and Shanice they're not on the same page in terms of their relationship. One of them's more obsessed with the other than the other one is. Mm. So you can see Georgia being like, can "You stop saying those things about me." Because when she gets dressed up, she's like, "You look like one of those holes." Her mm. words. And you can see George being like, this is getting on my nerves, and so I'm going to leave you, basically. Hmm. But I am intrigued by the speech later in the hotel lobby where she's talking about these women are letting the side down. Okay. I that's... just wonder if you would do that now. I'm not judging him for doing it at the time, but I'm just wondering if you'd do that now. Interesting. Uh, you can put a pin in it. It's okay. Yeah. Let me come back to you on that. <laughs> um, maybe uh, during the bullet train episode on Thursday, I'll have worked out my feelings on that. Oh, we can just leave it. Maybe done some reading around it. I haven't done any maybe reading around it. Maybe found someone else's opinion and gone, I'll parrot that. I know we should get a woman's opinion and uh, then give it back to me and then I'll be well, I've got your me. opinion, so yes. <laughs> it's, it is a big swing, though. No? Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I thought, I, I mean, it's interesting. I, I, I read it as, you know... Um, What's Taraji P. Henson's character called? I think it's Shanice. Shanice. I just read it as Shanice is like, you know, she, earlier in the cafe, she is basically going, we are shit hot at what we do. No yes. wonder they've hired us. Yes. And it's the idea of like, you know, she's putting the time, she's putting the graft, she's putting the hours yes. to become this super hot professional hitman, hit person. And, um, and so I think that she's being dismissive of them because it's not a real job to her. Yes. I viewed it as a kind of career thing. Yeah, okay. I can see that too. Okay. Okay, so Jason Bateman's here. He's incredible. He's Rip Reed. He's got oh my God. a small cock and hereditary alcoholism. <laughs> it's amazing. It's Yeah, it's brilliant. It's the sore on his mouth or wherever it yeah, is. it's cold sores, herpes. Once you get them, <laughs> I, I suffer from them. <laughs> I it's, do too. It's hereditary and yeah. it's when you get run down. I mean, what does he say? A dog pile of piss poor physique on top of a small cock and hereditary alcoholism. But then he points and he goes, thank you God, and points at the scene. Yeah. It's, you can't ask for more. For, it's just so good. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good in this and the uh, the bit where that's not yours don't touch that <laughs> about the, the big rabbit head and he's just like I, I think if you if you look up sad sack in the dictionary there's a picture of jason bateman in smoking aces he's so brilliant um so just a bit of story we learn that spreza has had a ton of plastic surgery this comes at the right point so you know that that's gonna be very important later i appreciate that like sort of hand-holded me through the plot a little bit we get that good bit that looks like it's from the movie saw where we meet acosta where he's Jesus. blowing Torching a naked guy's penis, uh, chewing his own fingertips that, off. Yeah, amazing. Very like seven mixed with saw. Yeah, very v- brutal. That'd make a good clash. <laughs> uh, listen to our seven versus saw episode for more. Now the Tremor brothers. <laughs> nice to see Chris Pine. Obviously, uh, uh, this speed freak neo-Nazi thing. I don't know about this. I get it. I don't mind it. Obviously, but does it wreck the tone? Almost immediately. So I've written it down. I absolutely love the Tremor Brothers. Um, but I just... I, I, so I wrote something and I was like, oh, I guess that doesn't quite work because it is sort of true. I, they are not from this world. No. They're not from reality. They're not from a contemporary movie like this, which this is. So they are from some altered reality, like some sci-fi fantasy sort of curved Fifth reality. element kind of like... Which is fine if you do them... But then everyone else is sort of that wacky. Everyone yeah. is so distinctive. People aren't sort of recognisable hit people from now. They're all tuned up to 11. So I wrote that and I was like, that's what I feel. And then you sort of think, well, there's a guy, Laszlo Soot, who basically <laughs> can literally mimic another person so perfectly with a wax mask. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, actually, maybe this is all entirely heightened reality. Maybe the Trump brothers fit right into it. So then that's a shame for Georgia, isn't it? Because her heightened reality is she's fit. Like exactly, that, and the shit. FBI stuff is just like it's so really real, very real. So you just sort of like tonally, it's like I get it. Like you, if if what you said, where he's gone, every character is going to be shot like they are their characters. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to shoot. It's like cool, 
But then they all belong in entirely different films. Yeah, and it's such a big job to stitch it together. I mean, so the Tremor brothers, as I said, they kill Ben Affleck and Peter Berg. I was pleased, <laughs> but all, mostly I didn't like him. But also I was like, oh, I can keep up now. I was like, good, like get rid of two of them. Then it's not so hard to keep up. Like you say, we've got the Swede. We'll come back to him. Laszlo, who's killed Hugo and made a mask of his head. But in a cupboard. He's made a mask of this person's head in a cupboard. Fine. And Acosta, like you say. Um, the- <laughs> oh, shit, I just realised he came off MI3. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't God. even think of that. Of He's course. Like, so, um, just before I leave, and thank you, I know it hasn't worked out. I know you'd go with JJ. Can I just thank take you. this thing? <laughs> is, is that copy- copyrighted? I'm just asking for a friend. Have you copyrighted the whole making a mask for your face thing? You haven't. No, no, no. No reason, no yeah. reason. Yeah, no. Cool, 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 cool. Could you do it in a... Co- yeah, okay, we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. and, and no matter what happens in the future, Tom, we're, we're friends forever. Yeah? No breaksies? No breaksies? Cool. Why are you on the phone, Joe? Yeah, we can use the fucking head thing. Make the head, make the head and cover. So then, uh, the, yeah, the torture scenes, I get it. They did do me in a bit, but I suppose that's good. That's the point of the... Yeah. Um, and now uh, Costa is very gently killing Matthew Fox, a little lost reunion there. Yeah, he's uh, he's good in this, Fox. Yeah, he is. Mm. It's I have complicated feelings about him as a person. I, I, I hear bad things, I don't know what they are. I, I mean, this is the thing, and I don't want to look them up, because it's like, what, who knows? But I think he, he disappeared for a long time. I loved Lost, but he wasn't my favourite thing in it. Uh-huh. Um, and then he's really good in Bone Tom. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's not just really good, he is phenomenal yeah, in that is. movie. Yeah. Next level stuff, that's like, wow. Yeah, so where is he? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Um, but I think this scene's great. Like, it's weird, but it's weird good. Hmm? So the very gentle killing and the, you know, don't let me be the last thing you see or whatever he says to, um, whatever Acosta says to him. Uh, I, I think Nesta Carbonell is amazing in everything and I think he's brilliant here. Uh, so we're all good there. Um, actually, we're going to have a break, so I want to talk about this scene in more detail in a minute. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so back to Buddy, right? He is in a right state. He is dicking around with contact lenses in the mirror. I find this to be... I don't think I'm better than Joe Carnahan, but I think this is a very tortured metaphor, and I think it's the sort of thing that a teenager is like, it's identity. And I wrote, he's in a a bit of a state about the shifting nature of identity. And then I read... (laughs) Joe Carnahan's favourite scene... For me, it's when Piven is looking at himself in the mirror and loses a contact lens. He has that moment. He has a complete crisis of identity. This is A-level shit. Like, someone looking in a mirror and going, but who am I? Fuck off. We can do better than that. And, like, the contact lens, I've got blue eyes, I've got brown eyes, who I don't know who I am. I'm annoyed by it. And I just didn't know why he was wearing contact lenses. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. But the thing is, the scene is saved because... Common, as Sir Ivy, is unreal good. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. He's so, he's chilling. Like, he's... I went on and on about it. He's graceful. He's scary because you pissed him off. Like, he's got dignity. It's a shame because he says something to him like, if you thought the FBI or someone was going to do something, you wait till you see what I do. And you don't get to see what he will do because mm. it doesn't come to pass. But you're like, I would like to see what you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like... I, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think I, I don't. I don't know that the threat is. Well, I, I think I thought Sir Ivy was more dignified that he would just go. And if that's who you are, I'm not working for you anymore. Yes. I don't like the threat because, okay. like, I think that I honestly think common in that scene, Ivy beating up Piven or killing Piven. Yeah, it's sort of beneath him. It's not going to. It's not going to change anything for him. Yeah, and it's just like I think the character at that point would be like, "You're a piece of shit." Yeah, and I'm, I'm not looking. Away. I'm not looking after you anymore, and just walks out. And the th- because Common Ivy has to then live with the idea that he thinks he killed his friend beneath. Yeah. Be, be, I can't remember him, the him. guy who gets yeah, shot by shot head, yeah. by Laszlo. I mean, the thing is, it's just the dialogue. 
And you you know this, you write, you do dialogue and then you can do action to show how the characters feel about what's just been said, which then informs the direction. So uh, I say to you, um, it's nice to see you today. Action. Alex looks annoyed. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward or whatever. So then you've got this speech from Buddy. And it's like, you see what I chose to show you. That's illusion, Ivy. The lie I tell your eyes. <laughs> but seeing behind it, no, it's all bullshit. Built on sand. My next action line is... Sir Ivy rolls his fucking eyes at that because it's stupid. But it's just like, Sir Ivy is just like silent. It's like, this dialogue, no, I just, it's my problem. I get it. This card sharp thing, no. I quite like it. Okay. <laughs> I like it because he's realised for the first time that Ivy knows that he sold him up the river. Yes. And so he is basically, at that point, now thinking on his feet, high as a fucking kite, an absolute mess Mm -hmm. internally. So he's not thinking very well. And he's trying the most basic thing of trying to basically bluff his way out of it and go, what he's saying is, I've told them that, but it's not true. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm going to, there's something to come. That was just an illusion that you overheard. Yeah. And he's trying to sort of, you know elaborate on that with some fancy stuff and going, look, you know, it's me, the guy you knew. And I quite like, it's a man who is failing because I think if Ivy bought it, then we'd be like, do you know what? Fuck this movie. Yeah, that's But the true. fact that Ivy's like, you're bullshit is what we're meant to think. You're bullshit at this stage. Just you're just, find, you're just saying it... a lot of words to try and talk your way out of the situation you've put yourself in that Ivy knows. Yeah. And also I haven't seen him do a trick. I don't, th- card tricks have to be really good to be impressive because all it is is I know what your card is or whatever. So people do try to like elevate the form a bit by hiding the card somewhere, whatever, whatever. Mm. But when he's sat on the floor and it's that classic, you know, I'm wrecked. Everything's a wreck. I've messed everything up. Throws down the ace, throws down the ace. Can't make a decision. Throw down the ace. I've thrown down the joker. It's just like, I just, I find it really basic. And because I've seen knock and I'm like, we couldn't do better than this. I don't know. I'm just, I'm being a nightmare, but I just want more than cod metaphors for stuff. I mean, card tricks are notoriously difficult to learn. They require sure. a lot of practice. But that said, going back to Mission Impossible, when Cruz makes the knock disc disappear in the first Mission Impossible, Cruz actually learned how to do that. Of obviously. course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Everything's for real. Anyway, it's just Buddy Israel I've just got an issue with. Um, I can tell. I, I quite like him. I okay. think he's gr- he's a grotesque, but I like him. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll come back to him because this is a great scene. So Acosta and Donald, Donald Israeli Otter, they take each other out in the lift and that is actually really upsetting. Like, <laughs> it's so brutal. It's so, the idea, I mean, it, it's a great set piece, you know, this contained space and all the rest of it. But then this is where we get to the talk. I was all right. Upstairs. I've got an issue with Buddy Israel, but that's my problem, whatever. <laughs> but, Tonal shifts, I was like, where the, the ground is moving and I'm not really sure what to do. So we've got this 10 minutes. Oh, sorry. After this 10 minutes with the grandma bit with the kids, where the other one of the Ban, ben Affleck going. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, I know. It's that, weird, isn't that it? That kid getting an erection. Yeah, what? no, I don't know what to do. It's, like, uh, Grandma's awesome, though. I love her. She's great. The she's kids, amazing. I mean, the kid's good because you really hate that kid. Yes. I, I mean... <laughs> Oh, I feel so, so it's Hollis, isn't it? Martin Henderson's character. And you're just like, oh my God, I, I thought he was going to shoot the kid. <laughs> yes. And I actually wouldn't have minded as a no, viewer at that point. Yeah. So now, Shanice, she shoots the shit out of the corridor. The Tremor brothers, they appear. It's they good. go. They, yes. Good action, this bit. They go ape shit. Buddy's being prepped to have his heart removed. And then people start to be upset, right? So Shanice thinks George is dead. We feel bad. The music is telling us to feel bad. She's lost her girlfriend. Then Ryan Reynolds cannot cope with Donald, his boss, being dead slash nearly dead. He is sad. So these scenes are running in parallel. Shanice is sad. Her girlfriend's dead. Ryan Reynolds is sad. His boss is dead. So the message here is what? That this life is a hard life? What? Who? You can't feel equal weight for both of them because Ryan Reynolds is a good guy. Fact. Mm. Shanice is fun. But she's a baddie. Also a fact. Mm. She feels sad for real human reasons. I've lost my girlfriend. Ryan Reynolds, I think he's called Richard. He feels sad for other legitimate reasons. You're being pulled in opposite directions. Mm. So you're trying to find the overarching message, which I don't know what it is. And I'm guessing don't get involved in a shootout because it's a nightmare. And it, so it's diluted. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Alicia Keys and Common go off together. Nice. Ryan Reynolds wants some goddamn answers. We'll come back to that. Yeah, because the midpoint is literally where Andy Garcia goes, 
things have changed. <laughs> I see, that's lazy. Mm. Working title. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Unbelievable. Like, so, you know, at the midpoint, things have to change. I've got a great line for that. I've got Things something. have changed. Does it feel off? No, no, no. I think people appreciate it. I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, Chris Pine gets killed. So we're into the twist, right? The Swede is actually a heart surgeon. I've that. Okay, cool. Buddy is Sparazza's son. He's this unwilling heart donor. Sparazza is also FBI man Heller. He's been very, very deep undercover, sort of. Now he's just the mafia, but there are things he must know, but he's never said. So I'm, I'm with it. Andy Garcia doing his thing and like tell you everything kind of thing. Did we ever just ask the man? Did we say to him, you're at end of life now, Hella, Sparazza, whoever you are. Mm. Do you want to tell us what's going on? Or do you want to get a heart through an operation you would not survive because you're aged? <laughs> I don't understand why this... I love a twist and it's fine. You give it a pass, but... Why would you not have asked him what he knows? Anyway, none of that matters because very quickly, if a twist has got gaps in it, it's fine. Right? I just I, so Hella is Sparazza. Yes. So they so the FBI tried to kill Hella. Yes. Who was Sparazza? Yes. But they failed. Yes. They blew his face off. But he'd had loads of surgery to become Sparazza in yes, the first place. He inhabited his deep cover. Right. So then it's just. It, it's so fucking confusing that he had all this surgery to become Sparazza and then once he was Sparazza, yep. he's been continually having surgery. You feel that that is somehow tied to him remaining undercover as Sparazza. Yeah. But it's absolutely nothing to do with that. No. It's because they shot the shit out of him. He's injured. And to just stay alive, he's had to have a lot of surgery. Yeah. Madness. Wrong way around. Just just the maddest thing in the world. It's yeah. like, because you're going, oh, so the surgery before is related yeah. to this surgery. Completely, completely unrelated it's surgeries. Undone. You get the rug pull once, you're like, oh, I get it. You can't pull the rug again. You just pulled the rug. Leave the rug alone. That's so confusing. But none of this matters because... Wait, one last thing. So the FBI knew Sparazza was Hella. They yes. knew they'd failed to kill him because Sparazza went on living. Yes. And at no point... So basically, someone went, oh, we should make sure this information is consistently passed down. Yes. Or we should at least right now, make another attempt on his life. But they've not only let him continue living, they haven't... They've locked this information away forever for no good reason. Yes. I think the reason is... Uh, He'll gather more information. Right. So rather than... So Buddy Israel is being threatened with lifetime in prison if he doesn't turn. But they never did that to his dad, which they could have done at any point. They could have said, right, we know who you are. We're sorry about trying to kill you. Now you know 20 years worth of stuff. If you don't tell, he's going to go to prison because we know who you are. Okay. But what we'll do instead is we'll murder your son to give him, give you his heart. I, fine, whatever. It's fine. I don't mind. I genuinely don't mind it. Like, let's not dwell on it. I don't mind it. I just, you know. Loads of assassins are after the same thing. I'm sold. I'm sold. What the hell is all this? This is, it's just, and it's just not, it's just done in talking. It's like, it, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I'm just. Uh, yeah, but why, why finish the film? Like, it all starts with talking. It ends with talking. <laughs> this is the bit that I find, I can't give this a pass because Ryan Reynolds is super upset. This, his partner has died for no reason. Mm. And Deputy Director Accent knows he's upset because he's just put a gun in his spine. So he knows. So he's like, I'm going to tell you everything. And I'm just going to go and stand in the corridor now, I think. Turns out that door is not locked. Turns out it does lock from the inside, though. So it does have a lock on it, doesn't it? Yeah. So Richard goes in there. Also, what the hell are they making ICU glass out of? Because, <laughs> I mean, like, and also the FBI have guns. Like, yeah. shoot that glass out. Yes. Like, what, you know, I mean, it's, it's a little basic. This, this movie's not shy of showing guns and using guns. Yeah. So if I'm looking at guys with guns, I'm going, yeah, shoot the glass. <laughs> so the thing is, Deputy Director Andy Garcia, whatever his name is, is like, oh, okay, Ryan Reynolds is a piece upset right now, but that's okay. I'll just pop outside for a minute. This is the most valuable asset in national security right now over there. Uh, but Ryan Reynolds is like, well, because my partner died for no reason, even though I'm an FBI man, I will unplug both of them. And so everything, everything he knows, everything he knows mm. is gone. And that's it. And everything my partner sort of lost his life yes, for. Yes, all for nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to undermine... But they can't his... shoot me because I've taken the clip out. I don't mind that, but... I just, it's all, it's all for nothing. So maybe the message of the film is this is a senseless life. Well, that's what it, I think, you know, uh, I think it was accused at the time of just being so nihilistic that it, like, 
it's got what was the what was the, the turn of phrase? I cannot remember because I didn't write it down. But it was like it's got an ugly streak, and it thinks nihilism is cool. Yeah, and I do think it has an ugly streak. It it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. No, it's quite dark. I don't mind the darkness. I mind the tonal. Sh- I mind. I love Ryan Reynolds, and I think he should have taken his shot like he did. And fair enough. Mm. But he's in a very different film. He is crying, snot, shouting at people. Yeah, pushing members of the public out of the way while he walks yeah, through a crowd. Get off this! Get off! My brother's just dead. It's just. I know it's such a hokey line, but get me a medic. You just be so careful with that line <laughs> because the medics would be like, "We're not going in there. This full of assassins, by the way." Mm. So you don't just get to demand a medic like they come running in. Yeah. And also, get me a medic. You tried giving him CPR, Ryan Reynolds. Like, don't just leave the man wait. Anyway, nonetheless. Oh, we've uh, come to the end of the film. Oh. The, the end. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for that journey. Uh, that's all right. It was almost as torturous as watching Smoking Agent. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was great. Uh, what was your best scene then? Uh, you mentioned it, actually. Um I really, really love the bit with Ray Liotta and uh, the bad guy Acosta. Remind me of the actor's name, Nesta? Nesta Carbonell. Yeah. Uh, I loved that scene. I like the way it's shot as well. I love the fact the lift goes into darkness yeah. and it's just lit up by the muzzle flash cool. from their guns. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> but my best scene is Ben Affleck as Jack Dupree God, narrating no. the setup while he's playing pool. Go to jail. I love it. What do you love about it? I just love... I'm sorry to rinse you, but why? I think he's really cool. Nope. I think I like, I like his look. I like the way he delivers it. I like punchy setups. I like the way where he's talking about Buddy Israel. Who is he playing pool? Then we go to Buddy Israel and he's talking about Buddy Israel and he's got that kind of cool kind of... I think he knows he's in the movie that I want to watch. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. That's fair. That is fair, actually. But I just find it like it's unconvincing. It's just, aren't we cool? Yeah, you're cool. You're cool too. Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah. Nope. Uh, mine is uh, the lift scene. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's really good. Yeah. That that was realness, but also daftness and scariness, and it was all blended together really well. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever? <laughs> it's um. <clears throat> It's Ben Affleck as Jack serious? Dupree. Are you serious? <laughs> I fucking love I him in this movie. I don't know you. I don't know you. Maybe one of my favourite Ben Affleck performances. Performance? Yeah. What does he do? He's tu- he's tuning up his Boston accent a little more as he's got that He's got that going on. He's smoking at the bar. Oh, he's sitting there You're so easily pleased. I, I, with Ben Affleck, I am. I really like him in this movie. He sounds like a man reading a script. That's what it's meant to be. It sounds like the script is too smart for him. (laughs) It's just not good. Are you really being serious? Ben Affleck is Jack Dupree. You're breaking my heart. (laughs) Right, fine. Um, Mine is uh, almost Jason Bateman because he just makes everything amazing, which I think we've already said weirdly this last week. Uh, But it's common as Sir Ivy. I didn't know. I wasn't expecting anything. I think he's brilliant. What? Really brilliant. He's very good in John Wick 2. Playing a similar character. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, what would you change? I'd like a bit more <laughs> of Ben Affleck as Jack Dupree. What about when he's dead? Um. Uh, no, what I'd change is... So, uh, I think uh, what you're hoping for... Uh, what you're hoping for... Uh, from this movie is uh, and any movie is to deliver on the promise of the premise Uh, always deliver on the promise of the premise and what you need is all these different assassins and the FBI as promised in the trailer to all reach the fucking penthouse to take out Buddy Israel (laughs) and get his heart (laughs) Uh, you know I mean let's talk about what are we doing here it's like the, the hotel scene at the end of True Romance. It's that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's it's the Ben Wheatley movie Free Fire. It's all these assassins in the same fucking room having a massive fight or at least being close to the room. I mean, look, Alicia Keys is the perfect example. <laughs> Her story is... Go in a lift. Go in a lift, <laughs> then stand by a lift. <laughs> she stand. Mo- I'd say most of Act 2... She's standing by a lift. Yes, yeah, she is. And then get carried down some stairs by a comet. That's your movie. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Do I get to, you Do know, fi- fire a gun? No, 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 you don't. You don't get to, you know, you've got a gun, but you don't use it. It's like, right, should I not get to the penthouse at some stage? You know, because that's, it's the idea of all these disparate assassins all poof, in the same room at the same time. Half of them never even meet. Yeah. It's, it just, it's, it's, it's all over the place. 
So mine builds on yours or is it related to yours is I don't, it's not enough. It's very of its time, but it's not enough that, oh, I'm Alicia Keys, I've got a bikini on and that's it. Like she, those two female assassins have got to have something more to do. Shanice has got a lot to do in terms of like the hardware, but she's really just in a room talking like for most of the time. So those two women have got to make it to the room or you reverse their roles. And so it's the the one that gets the job done, the one with the hardware. She's the person that's in the action and her girlfriend partner is behind the scenes or whatever. But sending a pretty woman into a room in a bikini. No, I'm not a bikini. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, Yeah, it's I mean, Taraji P. Henson's death uh, is it's like really... I mean, hers is the darkest death. Not only does she get gunned down in a hotel room off camera, but she gets gunned down the moment after she realises that not only is the girl she's in love with not dead, but she's being carried away, uh, clearly flirting with a man. And then then death. It's like, So she gets really punished. (laughs) But, But I'm not clear why. No, I don't know. I mean, I think it's... I was saying before about the misogyny thing. I think she's there to... she. Their relationship is rocky, as in she's not seeing her anyway. It's not two-way street. She says to Georgia, are you still seeing that girl? I can't remember what she says. So she's... They're not together, but I think they want... She wants them to be together. She wants them to be together. And, uh, but she it, does love is her. It, is it the fact that... Because there's a moment where she's, like, not perving, but she's watching... Yeah. Um, she's watching uh, uh, Alicia Keys get changed. Yeah. And uh, you can see Alicia Keys knows she's watching and her and she doesn't annoyed. like it. Yeah, yeah. And is it that peeping Tom uh, thing where, whereby, well, she did that and you, even in a movie where people are killing people, that's crossed the line, <laughs> so you must die. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't Weird. know. Um, that's it. Okie dokie. Okay. Right then. Yeah. So, um, let's look ahead to next week. Yeah, I've got a clip. I've got, I've got oh a clip. Oh my God, we're so good. We're, uh, Chris would... Chris would be turning in his grave if he was dead. I, mine's actually no, really the good. the opposite way around. Well, what's, I'll show you mine. All right. That's, that's mine. Oh, that's good. Do you, look, do you want to see mine? Yeah, I do, actually, this time. So what have you got? Uh, you get it. Y- I do. Yeah. You, if yours is stronger, well, we did yours first yeah, last yeah, time. Yeah, it's fine. Go, go, go. Let, let, me, let, me, let, yeah. me, let me do mine. Yeah, I'll I do think, mine. Yeah, okay, go. No, fuck it. Do yours. No, do, no, no, no. no. I think mine might be too easy to do yours. All right, here is a Nam who would not take it anymore. Oh. 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 One more time. Here is a Nam who would not take it anymore. Got it. it. Great, great stuff. That is your clue. There'll be another one going up on Twitter on Monday. What day is it today? Thursday. No, no, no idea. It's Thursday. Uh, right then, that is it for this episode. We are back on Thursday talking bullet train and seeing which film will be victorious. Until then, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ClashPod, and check out our YouTube channel, Clash of the Titles, for more Clash action. Till Thursday, have a great week. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 